Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHerCon is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. I took the time, had our marketing department send them paper material via snail mail, only to find out within the next 30 days that investor bought 16 homes in cash. Are you ready for the best real estate investing advice ever? Join Joe Fairless and today's best ever guests as they share it with you. It's the best ever advice with none of the fluff. Let's go. Heard of crowdfunding and still curious about how you can benefit from it? Well, we've got a step-by-step guide put together just for you by the best ever team and patch of land, the industry's leading crowdfunding experts. The best crowdfunding crash course ever, episodes 152, 159, 166, and 173 will provide you all you need to know to get started and begin benefiting immediately. Whether it's getting access to funds for your project or passively investing in other people's deals. The time is now to get started with Patch of Land. Go to patchofland.com forward slash best ever to grab your copy of the top 10 answers to the top 10 crowdfunding questions. That's P-A-T-C-H-O-F-L-A-N-D.com forward slash best ever. Well, hello, best ever listeners. Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever, underline ever, show. I'm Joe Fairless, and I'm with today's guest, John Gutman. Hi, John. Hey, Joe. How's it going? I am doing really well. How's it going with you? I am doing A-OK. There it is. You told me A-OK before the show, and I was hoping you'd repeat it. I very rarely hear A-OK, and I cherish whenever I do hear it. John is joining us from Chicago, Illinois. He's actually, uh, his company's headquartered about 20 minutes south of downtown Chicago. He's a vice president of sales and acquisitions for Mac Companies, all caps, M-A-C-K, in your face, all caps, M-A-C-K Companies. I like I like the power behind that, that name. He's responsible for strategic purchase of all residential properties as well as the management of sales and acquisition staff. And he sold over $315 million. He went, interesting, but uh, non-real estate related, but really, really interesting, is he's been to every coast. Uh, he spent a good amount of time there. He went to boarding school and high school um, in Connecticut, then zoomed all the way over to the West Coast, went to the University of Oregon, so he's a duck. And now he's smack dab in the middle of the United States in Chicago. So he's seen all the coasts, and now he's right in the middle, splitting the difference. With that being said, John, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? 
Yeah, absolutely. So, so like you said, um, I'm in charge of the uh, the sales and acquisitions for our company. You know, my expertise is really in, in the acquisitions, the valuations, the the analytics um, to uh, acquiring single family homes as cash flow uh, investments. You know, my my focus uh, is really in the investment sector uh, with an emphasis on on a vertically integrated operation. Right. So. Everyone says that they're a turnkey operator, and and I think that it's a term that's overused or or maybe diluted. Um, and really, what I what I specialize in is uh, being able to touch the property from acquisitions, construction, leasing, property management, all the way to service and refresh down the road. So we are, uh, you know, an exciting organization. You know, you, you you said it yourself, Mac all in caps companies. It's it's really the parent company to six subsidiary companies. So we've got a nice diversification in terms of the different things we do. But I think we're really talking today about uh, Mac investments. Yeah. Let's talk about single family home analytics and underwriting, because I tend to, in some cases, it's a good thing. In some cases, it's not. But I tend to over oversimplify stuff just because it allows my simple mind to understand things. And whenever I look at evaluating cash-flowing single-family homes, to me, all I need to know is, assuming I know the market, all I need to know is how much are we going to buy it for, how much does it cost to be move-in ready, and what is it rent for? Those are the three things that I need to know. But clearly, you've got it down to a science and you look at it more in depth as I imagine I should. So how do you approach underwriting? You know, I, I think for us, you, you, you hit the nail on the head, right? You really want to simplify the process. But at the end of the day, you want to understand that there's more that goes into it. It's really a in-depth experience is really what I like to call it, because at the end of the day, you really need to have a property management company in place that is able to cash flow that home, right? You're going to have an, a resident paying the bills, but they're only going to pay the bills if 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 the assets manage correctly. So I think the, the, the first thing is you can't be an expert in every market. You know, I think you really need to focus on the fundamentals of what makes your market successful and then really capitalize on things such as simple as are the commercial corridors thriving, right? Or is the population increasing? Are the values, uh, the average home sale price, is that increasing? I think if you look at those simple fundamentals of the asset class and the market, I think you'll have success as long as you follow you know, th- those borders. You mentioned that residents will only pay the bills if managed properly, so property management companies clearly kind of the, the keys to success. And I, I agree because I've had a... Uh, a not so good one and a, a very good one. Um, and I've seen the, the difference between the two from a profitability standpoint and from a just a uh, kind of a not stress because I don't really get stressed out, but just a, a comfort level standpoint. How do you recommend best ever listeners should approach finding a good property management company in the market that they're looking to invest in? Great question, Joe. I, th- I think the best ever listeners should really focus on experience. At the end of the day, 
you want to work with a partner who's been able to to have the trials and tribulations and learn from them. So if if, if it's a company that's that's rather recent, um, and even though they may be really intelligent individuals and they may be able to pitch and sell a, a, a really nice platter to you, the idea is is that they have to have experience. Um, for for uh, you know, I would say a set period of time. You know, I think ten plus years is is a minimum. I think you really want to focus on property managers who've been in the industry fifteen or more years. I think the reason for that is is they understand the market, they understand the client tell. And and if you don't do that, like you said, it, 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 a cash flowing uh, single family home is no longer cash flowing if they if they don't pay the bills. And how do you evaluate that if if you're living in Los Angeles, got I think California actually has the most number of listeners for this show. So shout out to all you people in Cal, all the best ever listeners in California. If you're living in Los Angeles or another California city and you're investing in the Midwest, how do you determine that experience level other than is it just number of years or are there certain questions that you ask or how do you, how do you do that? You know, I, I, I think, your way of thinking is is really best. Simplify it. You know, if if you came to us and said, "Hey, how long have you been in the indus- industry?" I'd say we've been turnkey operators for twenty years, and we've have every integrated process such as property management. We've had the experience of the upside and the downside of the market when things were foreclosed and people lost their jobs. We were still property managers and the company was still cash flowing and working. It's really just simple questions and understanding. You know the person you're working with really let's switch gears to acquisition and you know cuz that's that's your sweet spot right now with mac companies and when you evaluate properties i mean how how many are you evaluating on a say a monthly basis you know so we uh we have about 70 transaction uh transactions a month so that's 35 purchase and 35 sell let's call it we submit over 300 offers a month and out of those 300 plus offers, we get about 30 of those homes. So I think, you know, the best thing to do in analyzing them is, is keep your criteria simple, right? You're trying to get a tenant or resident to stay for an extended period of time. What is a family going to live in? Well, in my opinion, they're going to live in a single family home. So now you've narrowed it down to a single family home. What does a family care most about? Well, at the end of the day, they want to have success for their children is, you know, if you, if you do a survey, predominantly the most important thing. So now you're looking at school districts. From there, I think you look at accessibility, right? How are the people going to be able to maintain the home or the payments on the home? Well, they're going to have to have accessibility to the workplace. So close proximity to the interstate, there's got to be the metro or the train station, which takes you to the downtown area in, in our case. Then you're looking at, at a bedroom and bathroom count, right? Today's modern family really is looking for a minimum of two bedroom, or excuse me, two bathrooms, right? Because you've got mom and dad that typically have a bathroom, and then you've got your children and guests that really share an additional one. So if you can give them sort of the easiest of criteria, three bedrooms, two bathrooms, let's call it two entertaining spaces, really a living room or family room, and then a rec room. You're going to be able to attract a family that's going to stay there for an extended period of time. That's really what we focus on. What about backyards? You you look at large, small? You know, to be honest with you, Joe, we're a four-season market, right? So 
Backyards, I would say, carry less importance. However, you want backyards because you want people to be able to enjoy themselves at home. Um, otherwise, they're going to they're going to go out and spend money elsewhere and travel places. And that's probably not the demographic that's going to be best in order for for cash flowing a, a home. Those people are going to be buying. So I think. To your point, you know, we use something that's a you know a, a grading scale really, and the let's call it the back year carries up to five points, right? The larger it is, the more points it's going to carry. Is there a sidewalk in the in the subdivision that's going to carry um, a point scale? Is there street lights? You know, all of those little things that you really don't think about will make a difference in the longevity of the resident. Do you stay away from HOAs? Homeowner, and I'm, I know you know the acronym, obviously, but I'm just, in case it's not familiar, homeowners associations? Absolutely. We want to mitigate the expenses that, that, that an investor can incur, right? So we don't work in HOAs because they're going to break into your, your cash flow. But really, more importantly, they're most likely going to limit the way you can run your single family home. Maybe there's a cap in the development. So we avoid HOAs. We also avoid um, any sort of other expenses like well and septic systems, right? So we want to make sure we're on city sewer and water so that you don't have those expenses of clearing out the septic system or maintaining the, the well. When you're making offers, how do you know what's a fair offer? What do you look at? We are, and that's really where the analytical side comes into play, right? I never want to pay more than the, than the least expensive home that traded hands that's similar. If I did, then I'm going to have to make up for it somewhere. I'm either going to have to sell it for more or I'm going to have to limit the amount of rehab that I can do in the home. So to that tune, we're very analytical, right? So the people we have in the field viewing our homes are in-house appraisers by trade. So they have the background to be able to use the MLS to pull CMAs or, or comparative market analysis. We want to make sure we're looking at the data because that's where it's going to help. You're going to have a tougher time selling a home and proving a price if it already hasn't been established. I remember whenever I was buying single family homes, I was looking at the price per square foot of a similar home and then just using that as negotiating power for the deal I was working on. And sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't, depending on how creative I could get to or how, how much of a compelling case I could make that it's an actual comp or not. Because <laughs> sometimes it, well, it, was, it was a stretch to be a comp. Do you use any negotiating approaches that have been successful? You know, I, I always hear about the, the cost per square foot and, and it, you know, it, it, in my opinion, it can work. The difference is it's going to be market specific, right? In Chicagoland, anything below grade is not going to be accounted for in the price per square foot. And when you're looking to add value to an asset, you typically have to create more livable spaces, whether that's family rooms or rec rooms or bedrooms and bathrooms. So I don't go so much off of the cost per square foot because I would limit the amount of assets out there. So I'm really looking for things that are either below grade that aren't accounted for, or I'm looking for second story attics, which, you know, I'm, you know, people know of, of the Cape Cod style home. If you go ahead in the attic and you dormer a couple windows, you're now able to have uh, additional square footage in, in the attic, which could be additional bedrooms or like I said, bathrooms. What is below grade? Below grade would essentially mean that uh, houses in Chicagoland have basements and their their areas below what would normally be a slab home is actually livable space. It just typically isn't isn't finished. So we go in there and finish them to create additional square footage. And then you've got to add things like egress windows, um, which, again, are going to be to code depending on the municipality you work in. 
I'd like to go back to the the numbers that you mentioned earlier, where you said seventy transactions a month on average, thirty five purchases, thirty five sales. You submit seven hundred offers a month, and then was there a, another number that you mentioned? Did I miss that, or are those all the numbers that you mentioned? Well, you know, it's actually it's 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 actually three you know over three hundred offers a month, not seven hundred. Three hundred. If I did, I'd say we'd have a really poor close ratio. <laughs> <laughs> But no, you know, those are really the key numbers. I think what you look at is our average acquisition cost is around $50,000 and our average ARV or, or repair after repair value is about $150,000. Those are some, some numbers you can wrap your teeth around. Well, 150K average after repair value, you are acquiring it for 50000 How much are you on average putting into the property or are, is, it, is that not part of your business model? It absolutely is. So our background is new construction. We've been doing that for over 35 years. And so what we do is we take the asset class and we say, how are we going to, again, mitigate or minimize expenses? And you're going to do that by deferred maintenance, right? So our new construction background is to go into these homes and essentially make them like new, right? So you pull out all the all the old plumbing, which might be galvanized. There's nothing wrong with it. However, it's not today's code. But then we go and replace it with copper and PVC. We then look at the electrical. A lot of these houses don't have 100 amp boxes. They have, you know, fuse boxes and you have electric behind the walls that's in Romex. Or if you think of extension cords, that's really behind the walls, which, again, wouldn't be used today. So our experience is to essentially take a home down to the studs, redevelop it to new construction standards. So you're looking at about if if the average Joe was to go in and do the rehab, it would cost them $100,000. So you do the math. There's no margin in it. The difference is when you're fully vertically integrated and you have everyone on staff, you know, we've got over 200 people that work in the organization. We're able to do volume business in-house. And that's how we are able to make up for the margin. What would you say your average rehab cost is? The average MAC rehab would be about sixty to $75,000. And again, those are MAC dollars. All right, here we go. This is the big part of the show. What is your best real estate investing advice ever? You know, we, we've kind of touched on it, Joe, but, but I cater my investment advice to passive investors. So I really encourage them, if, if they're looking to get into the industry or get into the business, is to partner with someone who's experienced. I'm not a fan of reinventing the wheel. There's obviously so many mistakes that can be made. So I think the idea for me is um, I tell people to stay focused on your bread and butter or your primary source of income and let this source or supplement source of income come from the experts. Do you apply that advice in other areas of your life or business, partnering with someone who's more experienced? You know, I, I, I do, Joe. I think that there's a lot to be learned. And the biggest ignorance factor that anyone can have is to think that they're the best, right? So I live my life trying to learn each and every day I do something. So, you know, my background was really in political science when I when I graduated. And then I, I just had such a passion and interest for real estate that I went to go work for the top producing broker, both by volume and dollars and cents in all of Illinois, which which was a broker in, in Chicago. And I learned from him and I was I, I left myself vulnerable to learn. And I think that's huge. And I think everyone should really live their life in that manner, because if you if you trust the experts and you learn from them at some point, you may be able to take that knowledge and use it yourself to run your own business or run your own life. John, are you ready for the best ever lightning round? Let's do it. 
a-okay let's do it (laughs) first a quick word from our best ever sponsors crowdfunding you've heard about it and now it's time to learn about it our best ever sponsor patch of land is a leading expert in the crowdfunding space and they've got all the answers to your crowdfunding questions go to patchofland.com forward slash best ever and grab your copy of the top 10 answers to the top 10 crowdfunding questions that's p-a-t-c-h-o-f-l-e-n-d.com forward slash best ever get clarity and insight on your money by using wella your digital financial advisor See all your accounts in one place and get all the answers to your questions from a real financial advisor anytime. Visit yourwella.com to get started. That's Y-O-U-R-W-E-L-A.com. John, what's the best ever book you've read? You know, I I would say For Home, uh, The 4-Hour Workweek, written by Tim Ferriss. What from that book have you applied in your life or business? Eliminate distractions and learn to say no. Best ever listeners, I know you love audio because you're listening to this show. You can go to freebesteverbook.com and get an audio version of a book like that. Best ever personal growth experience and what would you learn from it? You know, I'm a millennial and one of the best personal growth experience I've had is is because of the founder of our organization, you know, has really instilled some things in me. And one of them was I, I had no time or patience for people that didn't have email addresses. In my opinion, I figured if they were interested in real estate, they were going to be the savviest individuals. Well, to Mr. Mack, our founder's discretion, I ended up being able to work with uh, an investor who didn't have email. I took the time, had our marketing department send them paper material via snail mail, only to find out within the next 30 days that investor bought 16 homes in cash. <laughs> oh, wow. That is, that's an interesting story. How'd the investor hear about your company? Well, interesting enough, not through an email newsletter. No, no, because our founder of our company, Mr. Mack, still would like us to use and still use to this day little advertisements in the Wall Street Journal. Um, there are three lines. And this individual got the Wall Street Journal in Michigan, opened it up. The, those are the classifieds in Wall Street Journal, opened it up, found it, and then called us on that on that three line advertisement. Best ever success habit you practice. It's stay focused and, and avoid the nose. Uh, excuse me, the, the, the noise, which again is really that distraction. Um, I think when you dilute your effectiveness, you become stagnant, right? So stay focused on what you're trying to achieve and don't get deterred by outside noise. Best ever deal you've done? Well, in 2014, I established a relationship with a fund out of San Francisco. On their first tranche, they bought 27 single family homes. Fast forward to today, they're at 163 and counting. Best ever project you're most excited about right now? We are in the real estate industry and we're trying to get people to maximize their return on investment. And the way you do that is through leveraging, right? So I was able to find a lender who's able to offer conventional pricing for homes 11 through 25. Most conventional lenders can only do one through 10, really, right? One through three is 20% down four through 10 is 25% down. Well, I can get it for 25% down on 11 through 25. Best ever way you like to give back? You know, that's that's an easy one for me. I'm part of an organization called the Silver Lining Foundation. It was founded in 2002 by Dr. Sandy Goldberg in honor of her late mother, Evelyn. And the idea behind the foundation was to ensure that essentially socioeconomic status did not affect an individual's ability to obtain information, screening, and diagnosis. So although I I haven't lost anyone to breast cancer, it's such an important 
part of women's lives these days that, you know, being aware of what's out there and having access to it is really important. Best ever quote. Comes from, from Mr. Mack himself, the founder of our organization, and that's brick and mortar never failed. And it really just goes to show the importance of property management. What would you say is the biggest mistake of your real estate career? Biggest mistake? I, I, you know, I would say not trusting your gut on a business relationship. I think that within the first five minutes, you really should be able to know if your core values are aligned with your potential business partner's core values. Have you come across any personal experiences where that uh, you know did or didn't work out? You know, um, there's there's a lot where it doesn't work out, and that's really living my life by avoiding distractions. So all the time, you know, you probably get this too. You know, hundreds of emails a day, and and you wanna you wanna something sounds really good, but you know maybe that individual doesn't return a phone call within you know five minutes or whatever your standard is. And, and you find out that uh, they may not be lazy or they may not be efficient, but they're just overwhelmed. And if your core values are to stay on top of things and to treat people the way you want to be treated, well, then you probably are going to have some issues down the road. And that happens in, in our, my industry, our industry all the time. This has been an incredible conversation. Before we wrap up, what's the best ever place to reach you? Very simple. It's www.macinvestments.com. That's M-A-C-K-I-N-V-E-S-T-M-E-N-T-S.com. John, thank you for being on the show and talking about how you underwrite single family homes, the property management background that your company has and the way to approach finding a good property management company. You mentioned experience is most important having been in the industry seeing the different the different real estate cycles in that particular market and um, having a team in place that is tried and true when you're talking about the transactions you know your team is to to say active is an understatement with over 300 homes that you're spending offers on a month roughly 70 transactions you know 50 50 purchases to sales and the type of criteria that you're looking for with the single family homes just makes a lot of sense. First, you you think, you know, where would a family live? That leads you to single families. Then you think about, well, what do they want? Well, if anybody has children, any best ever listener, then, you know, the most important thing to you likely is your children. So you want to set them up for success. So you look at school districts, then you've got to pay for the rent You've got to pay for the food on the table for those children. So then it's accessibility, as you mentioned, having close proximity to workplace or at least uh, public transportation. Uh, and then, you know, if we're talking families, then you need a property that will accommodate a family. So three to four bedroom homes, at least two bathrooms, and then ideally two entertaining spaces. Uh, and then staying away from all those, those variables that could negatively affect your bottom line um, that you don't have control over, like homeowners associations and you mentioned another well and septic systems. You want to be on, on, on the city's dime because you're, you're paying those tax dollars. And you know what to do, what, as far as your company's business model, it's pretty similar, but you've got, you've got it to a, a major scale that I think most people don't, most companies don't have, where you go in, you buy a house, you fix it up and then you uh, you sell it or you know you rent it out and there's some equity in it and you, your team's taking it down to the studs uh, and and building building it 
from the really the ground up. I mean, it's basically new construction. And you know, when when you talk about partnering, you clearly, if there's another theme to this episode other than the management and the criteria for how to buy a cash flowing single family home, it's the power of focus. You mentioned it more than four times, I think, um, in different ways where. Uh, your best ever advice is partner with someone who is experienced so that you can stay focused on what you're good at. And if you're good at something, then you're likely enjoying it. And if you're enjoying it, then why the heck would you do something else? So uh, have people who are good at other things, complement your strengths and, um, and build out your team. And, you know, it ties into your best ever book with the four hour work week where you stay focused and say no to, to things um, and, and live your life by avoiding distraction. So a lot of takeaways with this conversation. Thank you so much for being on the show. And before we part ways, do you want to mention anything else to the best ever listeners? You know, Joe, I think we went over a lot here and I think you summed it up. But at the end of the day, you know, one thing that I that I missed that you mentioned was stay focused on what you enjoy doing, because if you enjoy doing it, you're most likely going to be successful. And the real estate industry can sometimes be overwhelming. And the idea is you can learn it, learn it step by step, but don't do it on your dime. Do it on someone else's dime and trust the experts. Thank you so much, John. Hope you have a best ever week and best ever listeners. We shall talk tomorrow. You too. Take care, Joe. Hey, you best ever listener. Do you want more? Then go to joefairless.com where you'll get tons of free videos, templates, and content to help you get deals done. And remember to subscribe to the best ever show in iTunes so you can keep getting your daily dose of the best real estate investing advice ever. 